So today's reading is from Acts 3, 1 to 10. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Now a man crippled from birth was being carried to the gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up. And instantly, the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. This is the word of God. Good morning. Um, Sorry, I keep time of what I'm doing. Um, Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this beautiful day. Thank you so much for that text we just read in your word. Lord, we pray that um, you inspire us by your spirit this morning. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. I'm wondering, what is it that gives you wonder in life? We've got this picture there. Uh, a bit of uh, water, I admit. Um, but what is it that gives you that sense of awe and uh, amazement? Just, I don't know, reflect about that, maybe the, the children as well. What is it that gives you uh, that sense of wonder? And I don't know if you've noticed around our church, there are beautiful flowers. That side of the vicarage, there are roses um, with a smell that is amazing. And, and we should thank uh, Simon Lil for keeping the, the garden. At, at, at the front of the church, you've got these daisies, these poppies, uh, amazing flowers, and this is the time of the year. Holland Park is the same, many gardens around. Um, we can be amazed by flowers, by, by um, nature. And um, there is a, a man called Charles Taylor, maybe nobody uh, knew about him, but uh, knows about him. He's an American scholar. He wrote a book called A, a Secular Age, and uh, recent, uh, some years ago. And, and in his book, he's 
saying something about this enchantment of the world, the fact that since in the Western world in particular, but uh, because with the rise of enlightenment and rationality and techniques um, mechanism, we've lost as a society that idea of um, spiritual world and religious and, and, and there is this idea that our world is disenchanted. And I believe that the church is called to bring back the gospel and to bring more of that enchantment. And we can wonder at nature, as we said. We can wonder at storms. Maybe some of you yesterday evening were amazed by the storm. Uh, we can amaze uh, about strategies, mechanic, maybe a, a beautiful watch, a Swiss watch, or gazing at stars and moon and cosmos, uh, children, babies, music, art, architecture. There are so many things we can wonder about in the natural, in the creative world. And even the disciples once said to Jesus, look, when they were going out uh, to the temple, uh, from the temple, and probably maybe through that gate, we were mentioned in our text this morning, the beautiful gate, and the disciples said that in Mark uh, 13, teacher, look at the magnificent stones and buildings. And you remember that, that uh, little conversation they got together about buildings. So they wonder as well at the temple in Jerusalem, which was at the time very impressive to be completely uh, transparent. It wasn't one of the seven wonders of the ancient world, but still they wonder at it. So what is it that gives you wonder this morning? And whatever you've thought about, um, these wonders, they strike a chord in your heart, in your soul. They strike a chord. And this is good because God created a good world. But all these wonders, they only point to a greater wonder. Um, they point to the kingdom of God. They point to something that was lost. And, and Andy talked about that in, in uh, that prayer. Um, you know, Jesus speaks a lot about uh, a lost coin, a lost sheep, um, the prodigal son that is lost. And if something is lost, it can be found. It's easy, uh, as it's very easy to understand that. And, and as I said, these wonders, they strike a chord in our soul because they are something that we've lost. We are a little bit like beggars, like that lame person uh, on that temple gate called Beautiful. We are all beggars, to be honest. And, and because we've lost something, something of uh, God wants to give us and we can find that relationship with him is shalom. So approximately a month, we've started that series of sermons called A Living Church. And we are reaching today uh, that point in Acts. We're following the book of Acts of uh, the theme of wonder. Last week, we um, celebrated Pentecost. And of course, we looked at fullness and power and fire because God gave this at Pentecost to his disciples. And not only for them, but for them to be witness uh, to the good news of Jesus Christ, to that wonder and to that enchantment of the good news of uh, his death and resurrection. And this morning we've got a beautiful story. It's a beautiful story. I think you can catch that there are routines. I don't know if you've got routines. I'm sure, children, you've got a lot of routines when you go to school. But we are seeing in our passage two routines. The lame man first. Um, the lame man is, uh, we, we are told, is lame from birth. 
and his family or his friends are bringing him every day to the temple gates to beg. And that's a routine in his life. It, it is very, it, it, it is his ordinary life, we could say. Um, the disciples, Peter and John, as well are in a routine. They go to pray to the temple. And it's the afternoon, the text is saying. I'm sure many of us have got rhythm of prayers in a routine. When we go to school, when we go to church, or when we go to work, we've got that rhythm of prayer. And I know some of you are doing Bible in one year, for example. Who is doing Bible in one year at the moment? Wow, beautiful. Yes, so we, 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 we are, we've got that rhythm of prayer. And Peter and John, they're going to the, to the temple. And it's very interesting that, um, that they came to Jesus. Of course, they are disciples of Jesus, but they didn't give, uh, gave up their, their culture, their Jewishness, and they continued to worship at the temple. And we can even think that maybe the disciples have already met the lame man. Maybe Jesus even going to the temple, met with the lame man in the, in, in the previous weeks before he was uh, crucified and resurrected and ascended. And I'm wondering what are our routines today? Is it the school run? Is it going to work? Is it going to school? Do we pray as we go? These are the routines of the ordinary. But what has changed that very day when um, the disciples are going to speak and create, in a way, another wonder? What has changed? As we said at the beginning, as I said at the beginning, uh, last week was Pentecost, and the disciples are full of the Spirit of God, of that fire, of that passion. And of course, um, that is a treasure to be shared. And it's also, I believe, the moment of God for that lame man. In his sovereignty, God has decided something is going to happen. And so the apostles are doing what Jesus asked them, called them to do. They are called to heal the sick. They believe that the disciples that day, Peter and John, they listened to God, the Spirit, and they listened to God, the Father, his voice, and Jesus, the Spirit of Jesus. And the story become extraordinary. It stands from an ordinary uh, place for their daily routines into an extraordinary um, moment. And verse six in our text is key. The verse six simply says, um, Peter saying to the lame man, the crippled man, gold or silver I do not have, but what I've got, I give it to you in the name of Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah, the King of Nazareth, walk. They've got something, the disciples, Peter and John, they've got something much more uh, greater than gold and silver. They've got to share the kingdom of God. And once again, Andy, uh, in his prayers, mentioned Isaiah 35, that vision of the prophet when he sees the kingdom of God breaking in and seeing the lame um, leaping like, is leaping like a deer. I've recently been to Richmond Park I don't know if you've gone there, many of us have been, but there are many deers, and, and you can see them. Uh, oh, actually, there is a good video. I'm, I forget about that on the internet, but you can see deers leaping um, after a dog, walking, uh, running after them. But the point is that the lame person in, in this text is, is fulfilling that prophecy, is jumping and leaping. 
And in a way, there is something very simple in our text. It's very simple. I love simplicity, to be honest. Um, I think we are called to develop simplicity in our life, together as a church and in our community. And there is something very simple in our text. Um, look, if you look back at the text, there is, a f there is looks between Peter and John and the lame person. There is first a look, and, and the text said they looked straight at him. And then they spoke some words and, and commanded him to walk. You know, they said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I've got, I give it to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. And they, they touch him. They help him to be straight on his right hand. And so there is these three things, the look, the, the walk, and the, the, the words, and, and, and the command, and the touch, sorry. So it's very simple in a way. So what would Jesus do in that situation? I think Jesus would have listened to his father's uh, voice through the power of the Spirit. In a sense, it's very simple. And it's a miracle. Is the ordinary becoming ordinary, extraordinary, sorry. <laughs> the lame man stood up and leaped with, uh, like a deer, like uh, shouting with joy, praising God, thanking God for being healed. And that's what we are called to do. In the book of Acts, there are always two responses to um, the acts, the mighty acts, the wonderful acts of God. They are either shouting with praise as the lame man is doing, uh, the ex-lame man, and they are persecution and um, opposition. But there is never indifference, you see? Uh, Peter, a little bit later in that passage, is uh, going to preach to the, to the people around that are looking to this miracle, and he's going to say that uh, verse, uh, that's these words in verse 15. He says to the people, to everyone, you killed the offer of life, but God raised him from the dead. By faith in the name of Jesus, that man whom you see and know was made strong. That was the, 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 the explanation of the miracle that just Occurred. But in the next chapter, the authorities of the temple are afraid, they're threatened, um, and they, they say to Peter and John never to speak again in that name, the name of Jesus. And it's the same in, in our world today. There are many places where authorities are threatened by the name of Jesus. Um, North Africa or um, Korea, North Korea. Um, and in our Western world, I, I believe there is another disease that uh, can touch us. It's indifference. Contrary to the acts of apostles, where there are, I think there are two ways of response, opposition, persecution, or joy, amazement, conversion. In our world, in our Western world, there is a lot of indifference. And this brings me back to this idea of enchantment, re-enchantment of the world. Because I believe these kind of wonders that we spoke about, waters, uh, flowers, storms, are good and they are to be celebrated. But there is another kind of wonderful things, which is the kingdom of God, bringing him. And I think we need to bring back into the equation of consumerism, uh, mere rationality, leisure, uh, confusion, fears, a bit of enchantment. Some of us recently 
we've got to, we've been to leadership conference organized by HTB, and they offered uh, a healing room, what they call a healing room, open eight hours a day during two days, and there were about 200 people that came to receive prayer for healing. And uh, not all were healed, but recently they sent this email about uh, statistics, and, and they, 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 they measured a little bit the efficiency, in a way, of uh, the prayer in the name of Jesus Christ. And apparently there are 35, uh, 32% that uh, were healed for all, from all of one symptom. Uh, that is great. That is great. And today we continue as a church to pray um, for healing. Andy and I, we've been praying uh, for a young boy recently visited him at home, poured oil, sorry, oil of healing on him. And that is what we are called to do, to see wonders, signs and wonders uh, for the kingdom of God. We do not have the guarantee of healing, but God, we ask God to, to intervene, to, to do his stuff. We are expectant. It's about our level of expectation. He is able, we are available. But what about um, disappointments? Because of course, as I said, during the conference, they prayed for 200 people. Only 30, about 30 were healed. What about disappointments? When we pray for healing, when we pray for a situation, uh, it can lead, of course, to uh, discouragement, to disenchantment, to disillusionment. Um, but I believe, you know, when the disciples, they saw the lame person, the lame man uh, on that uh, gate, under that gate, they probably knew they couldn't solve all his problems, all his, his issues. Um, they couldn't give him a job, for example. But the same in our life, when we face a challenge, a, a, a painful situation, um, we can't know everything, we can't solve all problems, we can pray, we can ask God, of course, to intervene. Uh, it's been very personal for, for, for many years. I've prayed for things in my life, for healing, for breakthrough. And uh, that's exactly the same. We, we have a choice there, either to persevere, to follow the, the Lord. Um, there is a great article in this magazine. I don't know if you know uh, Christianity magazine. Uh, this is the issue of June, and it's about women. It's great, but it's not only about women. It's also about um, that idea of the silent killer and uh, hidden disappointments is slowly killing the church. All that idea of um, if we've been disappointed by prayers is very important for a church and for an individual not to brush the painful feelings under the carpet. Because the Bible never does that. As you know, there's a lot of laments, a lot of questioning and, and, and discussion with God. We don't have to say, uh, get it over, where there is a painful situation. Because we all will be hurt and face disappointments in the path today, maybe or in the path in front of us. I think it's important that we also speak about um, disenchantment as well in church, disappointments. And to hope, of course, is making us vulnerable. To hope that God will intervene to see wonders in our situation, different situation, maybe it's mental health, healing, um, uh, breaking relationship healing or, or physical healing, but we want to pray for that. We want to be faithful, but in the same way to recognize that there are a situation that we've been probably disappointed um, 
two. And healing and suffering, they go together. There are two poles, there are polarity between healing and suffering. It's, it's what we experience, it's what uh, our church is experiencing in our lives. Because we exist between two ages, as Christian says. We exist between the inauguration of the kingdom of God, with Jesus coming, his life, his death, his resurrection, ascension, and Pentecost, and the consummation, what we call the consummation of the kingdom, the kingdom in its fullness. And between these, between these two, uh, of course, we share the fellowship, uh, in the fellowship of Christ's suffering. Um, but of course, once again, it's just to say that we don't have to uh, not face, you know, these two poles of healing and suffering. We want to press in as a church to pray for healing for people, to see wonders of the kingdom, to see signs of the kingdom, but we also want to uh, be with those of us, and me in particular, uh, or others, that are going through suffering, difficult time, in terms of um, non-answered, unanswered prayer. But let's conclude. Uh, during our school run, during our way to job, our jobs, or um, in our community, every day, in our routine. I'm sure some of you are praying in your routine already, but um, it's the ordinary. Let's make space for the Holy Spirit, for that power, for the fire we spoke about and they spoke about at the wedding, royal wedding, that amazing fire that lives in us, how we can tame it to produce more wonders and signs. So let's uh, be, let, let's create an awakening in a way. It's the word um, that we use often in churches, that awakening that the Lord is living in us. We, we just sang a song, we are child of God and he, he lives in us. So it's very simple, what would Jesus do when we go to school, when we go to work? Jesus would listen to the Father's voice and, um, and act in the power of the Spirit. Um, I think I finished there, but that's very simple. That's uh, very powerful as well. And it's full of wonders, and, and let's be awakened. Let's pray, as I let uh, the band. Father, thank you so much for all the images in your words and in our experiences of wonders. As the psalmist is saying, um, the glories of heaven, singing the glories of heaven, are testifying about your glory. Lord, we just want, as a church, as individual, not to be wary to pray for one, signs and wonders, Lord. We pray for more. And Lord, we pray also that we will be, as a church, as a community, um, alongside those who are persevering in prayer to see signs and wonders. In your name, Jesus. Amen.